0: Are you constantly on the go? The newly updated Jesus Calling mobile app makes it easy to feel God's presence wherever you are. Read devotions and scriptures,
1: purchase products, take notes, and so much more. The app is available for purchase on both Apple and Android. Download it today.
0: I always think about me flying, some of the coolest things and getting to see God's earth you know, God's creatures. And I'm just flying along. And Bald eagle looks over at me, just keep going by it. So it, it is getting closer to heaven.
2: Welcome to the Jesus Calling podcast. One of the greatest markers of our adult life is when we fully come to realize that we were designed with intention, created for a specific purpose and mission. Nothing God has ever done has been an accident, and he knows every part of you, even the talents you might not have realized yet. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. No matter where life takes you, you can trust that He knows where you're headed and is guiding you through every step. Our guests this week have beautiful abilities they consider to be gifts from God. Aaron Tippin is a country music star who enjoyed great popularity in the 90s, but before that grew up on a family farm where he learned to fly planes with his father and absolutely fell in love with being in the air and being closer to heaven, as he likes to describe it. 11-year-old Jude Kofi, who experiences autism, surprised his family, especially his father, Isaiah, who worried about his future. When he walked in to hear Jude playing their portable keyboard like a seasoned pianist, though he'd never played before in his life. When piano tuner, Bill Magnuson, heard their story on the news, he was compelled to help this family and gave a gift that would allow Jude to realize his potential in a bigger way. And a beautiful relationship was born. That's been a gift to them all. Let's start with Aaron's story.
0: Well, hey everybody, I'm Aaron Tippin, a country music singer since back in the '90s, and heck, uh, airplane idiot. Love to fly. You know that's kind of my passion in life. I grew up in South Carolina, the uh, Upstate. I was actually born in Pensacola, Florida. But I grew up in the upstate in uh, South Carolina and, you know, just uh, grew up a farm kid. I consider myself one of the luckiest hillbillies in the world. We moved to the farm when I was about five years old. So, you know, by the time I was eight years old, I was cutting hay with a tractor and raising 50 head of hogs and, you know, 4 H future farmers of America, lucky kid. I'm a bored nine-year-old. out there cutting hay and I'd start singing, you know, and I guess that's why I I sing and talk so loud because if I was going to hear myself sing over the roar of that tractor engine, I had to sing pretty loud. And because of all that tractor singing, I was not the best singer in the youth choir, but I sure was the loudest. Mom said, you're going to sing in choir. And so I did. But, you know, and I, that was probably some of my first taste of music. You know, actually, I did not ever consider music as an occupation. I, I I guess, you know, every once in a while I'd pretend I was Elvis, but I never thought it. My dad flew. I adored flying. I was going to be a pilot. I was going to fly. And uh, from, from four years old, first put my hands on the controls in the airplane. And when I looked out the window and I saw those cars on the ground looked like Hot Wheels toys. I said, this is it. There is nothing greater than taking a ship up into the sky. Nothing greater. My dad was my hero in life. He was cool. I mean, that guy was cool. He flew airplanes. And, you know, I was the one kid of his kids that was just airplane crazy because of him. If he said airport, I latched onto his britches leg and buddy, I wasn't letting go. Of him. I was going with my dad to the airport. When my dad recognized I dug aviation like he did, he did all he could. To, and we we weren't we weren't wealthy. We were middle class American farmers. Well, we were weekend farmers. My dad was you know flying airplanes, and his five days a week job was flying uh, textile execs around in uh, corporate aircraft. And then on the weekends we farmed course, I farmed every day because when I came home from school, you know, I fed the hogs and made sure the and fixed the fences so the cows didn't get out and just, you know, I I did uh, all the farm stuff that well, he came home on the weekends. Buddy, we we went at it hard from from Friday evening till it was too dark to see to Sunday evening too dark to see. And the late seventies, I was a professional pilot. I was flying corporate aviation like my dad did. And I was trying to make the major airlines, you know, I wanted to fly for Delta or Piedmont or at that time. And I really, uh, you know, because I loved it, I flew every day, you know, and my my dad uh, sponsored that flying, you know, and, and gave me uh, enough leeway and, and money to buy fuel so I could fly every day. And, you know, and so it was the late 70s, I was corporate flying, energy crunch hit. And when I started seeing Delta furlough senior pilots, I went, I'm not gonna make it. Cause I grew up with uh, aerobatic airplanes and flying, stunt flying, and you know, flipping and flopping in the sky. And that was fun to me. So my dream was to be an airline captain and then fly air shows on the weekends, what I want to do. But, I just realized I wasn't going to make it to the airlines, so I went home. Told my buddies, I said, "Hey, you know, been playing bluegrass a long time, old banjo picker," and uh, I said, "Come on, let's let's start playing hockey talk. Let's play a club." They said, "Aaron, ain't nobody gonna pay us to play bluegrass. I mean, back in those days, the only people that really loved bluegrass music were hillbillies like us." So. You know i said well okay so what what do you think i said well let's do country and i was a country music fan anyway i was a sure enough redneck at my high school i come in the parking lot with my in my jeep playing conway and loretta wide open i was proud and uh george and tammy and you know everybody that just my country heroes you know and so anyway we started a little country band and so in the daytime i ran a bulldozer And drove a dump truck and drove a semi around, you know, our upstate, running that bulldozer, track loader. And, you know, and in nighttime, we we played clubs. And so that's kind of how I got into the music thing, you know, and and really didn't have any aspirations other than, you know, just hobby playing on the weekends. But everybody would always say, oh, Aaron, you ought to go to Nashville. You ought to go to Nashville. Took off to Nashville, found a job working in a, aluminum roller mill in Russellville, Kentucky overnight. And in daytime, I'd go down and write songs. And thanks to old Charlie Monk, Charlie was my first champion and gave me my first songwriting job. I knew nobody. And boy, that's that getting close to Christ during those days. I mean, that's, that's when that happened, you know, because I was, I was by myself. And so that was very comforting, you know, very comforting. You know, find out you're not alone as you think you are. Started getting the songs uh, put on hold. And, you know, just, one thing led to another. By that time, my voice was getting around town because I was so poor as a songwriter, I sang my own demos. And one day I'd sent something over. I was headcuffed Rose Rider. And uh, Jim Vieno had sent over one of my songs to see if Clint Black would be interested in it. And Mary Martin heard me singing and said, Who is that? Who's that? that hillbilly. And Jim said, oh, you know, it's uh, that little muscle guy down there with us. He, uh, you know, that Aaron tipping guy, you know. It was a great feeling that, and it is still a vein in my, all of my music, but the, I think probably the major difference in my career and, and most of my colleagues is these songs are about Aaron Tippin and the lifestyle he lived and the lifestyle he lives. I always say this, I can walk in in a tuxedo backstage at the Opry for the awards, and they'll probably ask me for an ID. But I can get off the bus at the truck stop, walk across the parking lot, and some truck driver will say, you're Aaron Tippin' ain't you. I match my music, I match my songwriting. I've been blessed to have the opportunity to entertain our troops downrange. I got to do it multiple times. You Gotta Stand For Something was just a big song, but you know, I didn't realize what that song was gonna mean eventually. You know, it, it, it became an anthem for our troops. It's the song that got me on the Bob Hope Show, Christmas in 1990. You know, that song was playing on country radio as Desert Shield was going on. I have been lucky enough to write inspiring songs, where the Stars and Stripes the Eagle Fly, for one, important to me, and at one time sticks out in my mind. The first time I got to play it live for the troops, was in Afghanistan. And uh, they were so excited, man. They had to make a stage. There was nothing. I mean, they they just got through a battle. So there was nothing. When you land there, they brief you. They say, do not touch anything. You know, cause there's mines all over the place. And so they made a little stage about as tall as a coffee table. And we got up there and played. And that night I ended the show with you guys now, uh, Stars and Stripes. And you know, I'm looking out across the desert And there's smoke from, you know, destroyed buildings. And and I can see all of that behind these guys and gals that are seated down in front of me. And when I started playing that song, they started standing up. That's a big deal. That's the first thing that pops in my head as those troops standing up to say nothing more than, we're proud, proud to be warriors. Even after I got into music business, and I thought, nah, you know, I've kind of flown all I want to in life. As the years rolled by, I started catching myself looking up every time I'd hear an airplane go over. And there was a day when I flew every day or worked on airplanes every day, I could look straight at you and tell you what kind of airplane was flying over. I mean, I could tell by the engines, the way the engines sounded. And so, anyway, I got the fever again, thought, man, I need to fly again. Went out, got checked out again, started flying, did a biennial flight review and and, uh, check ride and got got current again. I have a company called Tennessee Flying Machines. We really enjoy the old antique airplanes, the warbirds. I think when I'm flying an airplane, I am truly closer to heaven. I always think about me flying. Some of the coolest things and getting to see God's earth. You know, one of God's creatures, and I'm just flying along, and bald eagle looks over at me, just keeps, phew, going by it. So it's, it is getting closer to heaven. You know, I don't know where my next blessing is going to be. I'm not sure I want to know or need to know. You know, I believe this, that he does have a plan. God's not through me yet.
2: To learn more about Aaron, please visit AaronTippen.com and be sure to follow him on social media. Stay tuned to Isaiah, Jude, and Bill's story after a brief message. Motherhood. It's a journey like no other, teeming with love, unparalleled dedication, and moments that pierce the very essence of your soul.
1: Jesus Calling for Graduates is perfect for both high school and college graduates as they embark on the next chapter. Look for our special custom edition of Jesus Calling for Graduates, available exclusively at faithgateway.com.
2: Our next guests are Isaiah Kofi, father of 11-year-old Jude Kofi, and their friend, Bill Magnuson. Jude, who experiences autism, has had many challenges in his young life, but one amazing day, Isaiah heard the sounds of music drifting up the stairs from their basement. He went down to investigate, only to find Jude playing the most beautiful, complex melodies on their little portable keyboard as if he'd been playing all his life, despite never having been taught to play. A news station picked up the story of Jude's miraculous talent and Bill Magnuson heard the Kofi family story on the local news. He was compelled to bless them with a gift that would set in motion a beautiful path for Jude and his family.
3: Jude was born Rose Medical, Denver. So they had to do emergency C-section and Jude's oxygen, you know, kept going down. Even as they kept bumping it up. He was on a ventilator and all those machines. He's gone through a lot. He was on the G-tube, going to school, coming and at night. We have to hook him up on the machine to be pumping the food, the milk through the tube all night. So I have to uh, stay awake watching because I don't know when the machine is gonna stop, when his oxygen is gonna come off his nose and all that. So it's been tough.
1: It has been tough.
3: With him being diagnosed, with that autism too, we're so worried about his future as to what he's gonna do because the rest of his siblings do their homework all by themselves. But for him, that's why he even happened to go to preschool two years. He had to go earlier so he can have two years of preschool. And then he had to be moved from his regular school to school where he can get help. I taught him how to play the drums. He plays the drums very well. But he just happened
1: to get himself on the keyboard with no tutor. It was in September of this last year, 2022, our local Channel 7 television station aired a segment on Jude and Isaiah and showed Jude playing. And I do not know how they found out about Jude, but they aired the segment multiple times. Just immediately, I could see what his extraordinary talent was. I could see that he was playing on an electric keyboard, which uh, electric keyboards have many advantages, but when electric keyboard tries to imitate a real piano, it's like the moon trying to be the sun. It's just no contest. I am an amateur pianist myself, and so I know how important it is to have a good instrument to practice on, and how lovely it is to have a wonderful piano to play on to make beautiful music. So I contacted the TV station and said I might like to acquire a piano, and they contacted Isaiah, and we met up. And I looked on Craigslist for three different cities around here. And uh, almost everything, well, pretty much everything on there was the junk that you would expect to find, with one exception, and that was this piano. So I uh, contacted the seller, and he had it in a climate-controlled storage facility, so I went to see it. I did a quick tuning on it to make sure the tuning pins were not loose. Everything seemed okay, so that's when I asked Jude and Isaiah to come look at it, uh, which they did. And they thought it seemed okay, too, so I agreed mm-hmm. to buy it. It seemed awesome. Uh-huh. To get it up to concert level, it needed a lot of work. So I went over to their house on three occasions and spent about 18 hours of very detailed mm-hmm. um, yep. technical work to get it up to concert level. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. So after I got it up to uh, concert level, I got a hold of the original uh, TV station and said, hey, so we've got this pretty much wrapped up, you know, the piano's in place, he's playing it, I've got it all fixed up, would you like to come back and do a follow-up segment? just mm-hmm. to show, hey, look, this is what happened as a result of our first segment. Yes. My motivation was not worldwide publicity. It was simply... <laughs> <laughs> it was, and so they came in and did their follow-up, and that was on a Tuesday. And on Thursday, CBS called and said, hey, we yeah. saw that, and we want to get out there right away next week and do our own segment. So it's... Yeah. What, It's just been one thing after another. Oh, so wonderful. In
3: Ghana, everybody who is older than you qualifies to be your dad, your mom, uncle, or grandpa. That's why I can confidently say that Bill is Jude's grand. Father, If somebody can do this for your child, what again does the person need to become Jude's grandfather? You know, it's enormous. And we so very much appreciate that. Yeah. Yes. Like Bill said, after CBS did that story, it has gone everywhere. And he's been in Hollywood on Kelly Clarkson's show. We are still blown away because, you know, that's why we always pray that the good Lord bless uh, Bill and his family so much because just think about that, that amount of money. Somebody that you don't know and just seeing you on TV and they decide to, you know, uh, spend that amount of money. And again, remember I told you earlier on that we were worried about Jude's future. And again, look at w- when the piano came in, CBS also came in. And if I tell you where this has taken Jude, all I can say is God bless Bill so much.
2: And even your program. Yes. We love your program.
3: Yes. Because that wonderful gift, that selfless act, is what has secured Jude's future, that it has taken all our worries away.
2: Yep.
1: We seem to live in a world where people are utterly desperate for a little bit of good news and to feel a little better than they feel right now. When CBS showed up and said, we have 5 million viewers mm-hmm. and this is this is going to make a bigger splash, I realized that this is going to cause other people to perform acts of kindness that mm-hmm. they would not otherwise have done. And so when you think of the ripple effects in three or four dimensions going out, to places that we cannot even ever know about or even imagine. That's pretty cool. To me, it's just, I just bought a piano is all I did. All the rest of this stuff is God. It's not me. Yes.
2: Yes, of course. It's not you. It's God's work.
3: He's been busy working on some songs for people, and he's been using the grand piano to do all those works for them, and uh, oh yeah, watch
1: out! It's it's big it's, it's thing huge. Is coming. <laughs> well, listen. Would you like Jude to play just a few notes? Yes, yes. Okay, so he's playing "Goodness of
3: God" by uh-huh. C.C. Winans. Thank you. And we give the glory to God and we we can't thank Bill enough. God bless Bill. God makes all things beautiful in his time.
2: Isaiah closes our time with a prayer from the Jesus Listens devotional while Jude chimes in.
3: Gracious Jesus, we belong to you. Forever, nothing in all creation will be able to separate me from your loving presence. Please keep me aware of your presence as I walk with you through this day. Help me to stay alert so I can find the blessings and pleasures you scatter along my path. Mm. The greatest treasure is you, Jesus, for you are the indescribable gift. In your treasured name we pray. Amen.
2: Amen. To follow along with Jude's musical journey, follow him on social media and YouTube. If you'd like to hear more stories about being made for a purpose, check out our interview with Jody Stuber. Next time on the Jesus Calling podcast, we'll hear from the star of Nashville SC and the United States national soccer team, Walker Zimmerman. Walker shares about how growing up the son of a pastor shaped his life and his motivation to bring others to Christ and how his faith has given him fortitude to succeed both on and off the field.
0: When you do release things to the Lord and you trust Him with it, I think a lot of it is understanding, again, that bigger purpose in life. Am I here for me? Am I here for the Lord? Am I here for others? You know, I think when you change your lens from being so much about me, 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 and all about, okay, how can I show the world who you are I think something changes, and we're able to handle those moments in a much
1: healthier and better way.
2: Want to hear more inspirational stories of people who have been changed by a closer walk with God?